morning, church. All right. Thanks for this. Always encouraging. Now, let's dive straight into the Word. Let us pray. Father, we commit ourselves to your hands this morning. We thank you, God, for the time of worship, O God, to refresh us, to remember, O God, that at all times that we have a God that we can, a God that loves us and a God that we can go to, O God. So we commit ourselves to you. We just pray that this morning, as you speak your word, help us to uh, do not just listen to your word, but be doer of your word, O God. And Holy Spirit, grant us the strength, grant us the obedience, O God, to just go and do it. And you bless us. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. All right, morning, church. All of you good? Now, the sermon of my title, uh, the title of my sermon, the title of my sermon, okay, the title of my sermon this morning is uh, MIA, Move Into Action. Because every time when we hear of this word, MIA, what do we think of? Yes, missing in action. So we do not want to be Christian who is always missing in action, uh, but a Christian who is always moving into action. Amen? Alright, with that said, uh, let's turn to the book of Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12 to 14, that's the key verse. This is a very interesting uh, a passage okay, in the Bible. It says here, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Aijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped the nation avenge itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Joshua. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Now, verse 14, this is amazing. Eh? There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Now, I find this, uh, this story is a greater skill uh, then the parting of the Red Sea, not so, maybe not so much in terms of importance, but in terms of scale of its impact. Like, look at this. It says the sun and the moon stood still. Parting of the Red Sea, the Red Sea is a miracle that has to do with earth. This one has to do with the sun and the moon. For, for me, it's a bigger scale in that sense. It's, it's out of this world. It's literal. Get out of this world. And sometimes when we read to this uh, scripture, especially if you go online, Everyone is very caught up about the technicality of this. They say, how can the sun and the moon stood still? And uh, they come up with a lot of theory, and NASA say this and do this. Everyone is looking into, at, it, at, at what happened or how it happened. But Bible does not explain in this sense because that's not the point. But over here, rather than look at the, all these technical things and how it happened, let's focus on why it happened why it happened, and what is God telling us over here. So let's pay attention to this fact. I always believe that context determines meaning. Everyone repeat after me. Context determines meaning. Come, repeat after me. Context determines meaning. Alright, so every time when we read into the, into the Bible, don't just take one word, but always read the context and you can get the full story. Alright, so with that said, I will just go and summarize to, to you. In context, you, we need to read from Joshua chapter 9 and the whole chapter 10. We look at the whole story, then we understand. But let me just wrap it up for you. In chapter 9, uh, chapter 9 verse 1 to verse 6, uh, the Gibeonites actually deceived Joshua and the leaders. It says here that all the kings west of Jordan, the hill country, western foothills, along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, basically a lot of kings, are, all of them come together and they say, let's attack Joshua and the army. Why? Because when they heard that this group of people that left Egypt, they know, wow, this group of people, their God defeated the, the powerful empire, the powerful empire Egypt. Not only that, now they're coming to a land, they have already destroyed Jericho and has already destroyed Ai. Two cities. So because of their panic, they say, let's fight them. But there's one group of people, they call them the people of Gibeon or the Gibeonites, choose not to fight. They say that this group of people, you cannot fight them. Have you not heard they've destroyed big cities that's even defeated the whole empire Egypt, you cannot, you cannot fight against them. So out of panic, out of survival mode, they resorted to a scheme. So what did they do? You look, read the verse 1 to verse 6, it says that they loaded their donkeys with worn-out sacks and old wine skin. They wear worn-out sandals and old clothes, even with moldy bread. See how detailed they think are. They're such a schemer. They think into this detail or no. Okay? Why? Because they want to bring all these things to deceive Joshua to say that we come from a distant land. We were very nice, nice. We so far finally we reach you. Look at all everything is worn out. Even our bread is moldy. 
just to bluff them. Now, in verse 7 to 13, is they actually, uh, actually uh, uh, explain how, how, how they bluff them and the group of people that made a mistake. And what mistake did they do? In verse 14 to 19, let's take a look. In 14 to 19, Joshua and the leaders gave their word. And in verse 14, you see, look at here, it says, the Israelites sample their provision. They checked. Oh yeah, the Modi all worn out. Yeah, the Bible records, but they did not inquire of the Lord. They didn't pray, they didn't ask. They just checked based on the human wisdom. They say, okay lah, I think it's valid. So then Joshua made a, tr a, tr a treaty of peace with them to let them live. And the leaders of the assembly rectified by oath by order, the whole gang rectified it. Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibbonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbours living near them. They found, huh? The group of people that said they came from far away land and uh, we don't need to worry about them. They actually, they are just neighbours, they are just nearby. They said they have deceivers. So in verse 17, so the Israelites set out on, and on, a, on the third day, it came to the cities, Gibeon, Kifria, Beeroth, and Kiriam, Jerum. But the Israelites did not attack them. Okay, he says, did not attack them because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders. They complained, I see, just like Malaysia, ending wrong, complain who? Government. The first is natural. You will first, your company not good, you complain against who? Your boss, your management, you complain up. It's normal. This is the whole nation that complain against the leaders. Verse 19, but the leaders answered, we have given our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel. We cannot touch them now. Over here, I find it very amazing because the Gibbonites, if you read the, the Bible, the Gibbonites blatantly and intentionally lied. They bluffed the leaders. Yes, you can say it's a leader's fault. They make a blunder. They didn't pray. They didn't seek God. Fine. Given that, nevertheless, they actually made a peace treaty and they sworn an oath. I don't know how they, uh, they did it, but basically they actually say that we sworn in the name of the God of Israel. We won't attack you. You are our ally. They make a peace. Now, although by human reasoning, they have all the right reason not to keep the treaty, Correct? Correct? If all the, you look at it, they bluff Joshua and the leaders so they can say that, okay, we have signed a contract, but because you fail to fulfill your part, this, con this contract is considered void, null and void. Because you didn't fulfill your part, I'm not going to fulfill my part, I'm going to attack you. They could have done that, but the leaders of the nation still choose to honour their vow before God even though it was amidst great pressure from the whole nation. This is no joke. The whole nation, everyone say, leaders, why are you so stupid? By the way, they bluff you and attack. You, you get all the right justification. The Lord, your God, won't blame you. Right? Because they sin first. But this group of leaders said no. They will not crumble because of the pressure and they will commit to do what is right in God's eye. Why? They want to take responsibility over their mistake so they won't give in, but they want to stand by their promise made in God's name. That is the point. They feel that this oath, although the circumstances wasn't that honest, wasn't that clean, they say that we made an oath before the God of Israel. We do not want to take His name lightly. So they say that, no, we will not attack. And after that, you read on the Bible, they say they make the Gibeonites to be their servant to serve the nation. Now, this is where it comes to our, our, um, our key verse. In chapter 10, verse 1 to 6, let me continue. The Gibeonites actually sought after Joshua and the leaders for help. The five kings of Amorite, they heard, wow, this Joshua, they actually attacked these cities. And then, not only are they already powerful, they heard the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites, if you read the Bible, the Gibeonites specifically said the city was larger than I. The city was greater than the, the one they have, they have destroyed. And the people of Gibeonites are known to be good fighters. Now, they, are, have, they, they have become the airline of Joshua and the leaders. So they panic. So they gather five kings and five uh, armies to attack Gibeonites, but destroy them first. Destroy the airline first. Because they say they betray us. So as they unite together and attack the Gibeonites, the Gibeonites actually ran and said, Joshua, we are your servants, we are your allies. You made the promise, protect us. Now, you look at Joshua's uh, uh, and the leader, look at their response. And in which, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 10, verse 7 to 14, 
Okay, it's on uh, over there. You take a look. Look at Joshua's response and pay attention. Pay attention to Joshua and the armies and also God. You see how they tag team. Uh? You see how God and the armies of Israel work together. It's very interesting. You see how they work together. In verse 7, it says, So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army. Wasn't some, entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hands. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely. See, I defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way. All the, all the way to do these two places. And verse 11, as they fled before Israel on the road down to Beth Horon and to Ezekiah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them, and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. You see how when, when Joshua and, and, uh, and the, the leaders, their armies, they gave their best armies, they fight together, God was fighting together with them. You, you realize that? Every time he says that Joshua and armies do something, he says God will do another thing. And then they, 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 they were winning and they don't have time, they said, God says, never mind. Okay, I will throw hailstone. And actually, over here, look carefully. Eh? They won not because of the army that is strong. They won because God threw hailstone. You know, like God just from heaven, like, oh, okay, I'll just throw some, you know, some, just to help you a bit. Just throw some. The, name, the, 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 the whole army got destroyed, the enemies. It is in this context when after all, the, although they, they, were, they were lied to, they made a promise before God, and because they have prom made a promise before God, they want to honour their promise, they still go all out to fight and they fight with their best. As they're doing all this, God honour them, and this is where the worst shove comes. On the day that the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, it was very clear, the Lord is the one that gave them over. Joshua said to the Lord, in the presence of Israel, sun stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of and you can read on. So over here, this is the context. That the Bible records there have never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Listened to a human being. And surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Now, based on the context and the story we have known, you realize that Joshua's effort to keep his vow in honoring God's name, it was to honor God's name, it wasn't a half-hearted, no-choice effort. Joshua could have said, you know what, since we have made the promise, someone use God's name or no choice. We have no choice but to help them. Let's do the bare minimum. Let's get some armies. Let's show up. And maybe we'll fight with them and pursue them to some distance. While, once they're running away, we shoot the enemies enough. We have done the bare minimum and we could have just report back to Gibeonites. You know what, we show up, we have helped you, done. They could have done this, but you look in, in, into the Bible just now, I highlighted, it says, his entire army, all the best fighting men, all night march. And then he says, they will, even after defeated, they chase them all the way. All the way. And even the Joshua says, not enough. So God, we have tried our best to honour your name. And even with our best, we still could not finish 100%. God, can you help? Can you do the impossible? Ask the sun and the moon to stand still. And God says, okay. This is the context. When Joshua and the leaders stand on God's word, God showed up for them. His effort, and over here, Joshua even put his own life at risk, put all his soldiers at risk, his armies. There was a cost to pay. It wasn't like a guarantee, just go there, win, you know, like a campaign, come back. There was a risk. Joshua himself was leading the army. All this just because they made the vow in the name of God, and they choose to honour it. Choose to honour it. And I, I wrote here, the name of the Lord is to be revered and honoured. Is to be honoured to the best that we can, regardless. Remember over here, the people that were fighting, the enemies know the name of the Lord. They heard this God of Israel destroy Egypt and destroy the two cities. They know. They already know this God. So if Joshua and the armies decided to turn, turn, turn back and say, you know what, although we have made the oath because it was not honest, you know what, just cancel the plan. Do you know that people will hear about this and say, 
they take the God of Israel, the name of the God of Israel so lightly, which means uh, your God of Israel is not so great after all. Why? Because you can turn back your word that you've given to him. So he's not that great. Lah. And because of that, Joshua says, no, no. Foreigners hear the name of Israel and their fear. All the more, they, the people of Israel, should honour God's name. Now, with all these things said, just three points that we want to take home very quickly over here. My first point is this. MIA, move in, into action. Our words to God. Our words to God will move into, move into action. Now, the wow factor here isn't the fact that the sun and the moon stood still. Okay? I said, don't be focused on all this. Wow, it's so miracle. No? Uh, look at what God is teaching us. And don't, the wow factor here is not even God is fighting side by side with Joshua. The wow factor here is that God listened to Joshua's word. Um, the Bible record, uh, never been a day a God listened to a human being. The human God, uh, the Bible was very clear. It's a mere mortal. God chose to listen and say, okay, you pray this, I will answer you. God listened to Joshua's word because Joshua did not take his word before God lightly. His words carry weight. He's put his own life, the lives of the armies at risk and he did his best just to honour his word that he's given to God. Because his word carries so much weight, God says, I'll listen to you, human. I'll listen to you. Just because you're serious with me, I will be serious with you. And this is something that we can actually learn a lot. Now, for me, it's very logical. Will we, all of us, okay, some of us who have children, will we not fight for our children? Will we not help our children? When you see our children doing their best to help up the family, regardless of age, whether they're children or teens, you know, or even young adults, if you see your children doing their best to help their family, will you not help? If you got the resources, the money, and all that, will you not help them? Because they are not doing it for themselves, they're doing it for the house, they're doing it for the family. So over here, same thing. Will God not fight? for them and with them because they're fighting for God at the first place. Look at the context. It was together. It was together. Now, there are few things uh, in the Bible. There are a few verses that talks about their wow to God. And what has God, I have to say about this. Uh, the next slide. For you to just take a look. In the book of Ecclesiastes and book of Deuteronomy, you, I want you to focus on the word to, T-O, to. It's not talking about the empty promises that humans made to one another. Even great leaders of uh, other nations, you notice, or even politicians, or even people, businessmen, or general people like us, sometimes our words to one another doesn't carry much weight. Now, God is not talking about that. The Bible was very specific. Pay attention to this. Uh, don't say, you promise me. The Bible says uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, you do not delay. If you promise me, you must fulfill. Hey, no, no, no. Look at the Bible. Very clear. He says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to fulfill it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. This word convict me so much. I actually confessed this to, uh, to Anne and uh, to Esther yesterday. We were just talking about my sermon. How do I uh, conceptualize it? I'm just talking over it. And I told them, because of this, I was doing this sermon, and because of that, that one verse, it caused me to realize one thing. I promised God something I didn't fulfill. You know what is it? My mission pledge. I immediately panic. Oh no! My mission pledge. I totally, I remember it because it's an announcement. I was like, did I put my words into action? Then I first checked, I go online, check my CIMB clicks, you no, know, click, click, click. I, I didn't. I panic. I asked, I immediately asked Ken Ken, I asked them, oh, when, when was the, which month? Was it May or was it June? first. They said May. I quickly go there and click, 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 just pay. I don't even remember how much I pledge, but I give extra because I know I've already late. La. <laughs> already late. Now you want to calculate with God. La. I say, oh, God, I don't even want to think. I just click the amount, give first. Fulfill first, then I will do it properly. I panic. Because why? The Bible says, He has no pleasure in fools. No pleasure in fools. Simply talk. Simply promise God like, mm. Deuteronomy. If you make a vow to God, the Lord your God, do not be slow to pay it. For the Lord your God will certainly demand it of you and you'll be guilty of sin. And you can continue reading. It's all there. It says, you promise. 
God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our service. God doesn't need our help. But you know what God says? I didn't say one. You say. You promised me. And now you want to back up? Like, do you even... Who, who am I to you that you simply can just say and then don't promise? Do I mean something to you? That is God's heart. And uh, the next slide is a book of Matthew. This one, Jesus himself say. It says, you also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows, you must carry out the vows you made to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven. Then you read on and say, do not say, by heaven. Do not say, by earth. Do not say, by Jerusalem. And don't even say, by my head. Don't make the kind of... I've heard people say, I swear on my mother's grave. Have you heard that word before? I always say, uh, please, uh, your mother, just let it rest in peace. Uh. Go and swear, swear by your mother's name. Uh, don't. Uh. No. Just, just don't. <laughs> the Bible is very practical and it says here, just say a simple, yes, I will, no, I won't. Or some of us are more familiar with the, the, the old version. It says, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Simple. Don't try to add something to your word and your, I promise you, I confirm, I guarantee. No. Shh. Don't need. God says, don't need. Keep, keep. Okay? Don't need to so extra one. And over here, I want to be very uh, clear, specifically, all these verses, specifically is talking about our vows to God. Concerning our vows to God, let them be fulfilled quickly. If you have made any vows to God, fulfill it quickly. And God will honour you for that. Just how He honoured Joshua to that extent, to even to the sun and moon stop, He will honour you. Generally, our words to people, let it be trustworthy. Let it be trustworthy. I know sometimes I've said something too fast and I cannot fulfil it. Those vows, those words that I say to God, fulfill it quickly, as much as you can immediately fulfill it. Now, the one that we give to human, this is something I've learned. Keep your words simple. So that when people, when you say, you know what, I'll be there. People know, ah, because he say, ah, confirm he'll be there. Do you know there are some people, you guys know, ah, in your own group, I'm sure you got one or two people, ah, when they always say, on the way, you know they bluff one. Do you got friends like that? Hey, where are you? I, I'm already, I already reached here. Ah, on the way, on the way. Actually, they're still at home while walking. Technically, they're still on the way, ma, but just coming out from the door. La. But the impression given to you are on the way, halfway. But actually, it's not true. One. And you know these people when they say, I'll be there at 3 o'clock. You know, at, that means 3.30. They, they, they don't value their words to the point that other people already, they already got a reputation. Other people already know that uh, when he or she says something, at that point of time, they're good people, okay? They're at the point of time, they're very sincere one. But whether they see through, that's another story. They are sincere, but they may not persevere. This is why when sometimes people ask me in text group, you know, group of, okay, I got uh, about, I think, five cells. Huh? Pastor, will you join us? We got makan, makan. I will, I will always say, I will check my schedule. Because there are times I say, because I really want to be with them. I really want to be with people. I say, okay, I will come. Then Mother Tao, last minute, things happen. And then I do give the reason. Ah, you know what? I can't make it because something came up. Something came up. And after a while, I feel, uh, yes, I can give reasons. People will understand. But if you keep doing it after a while, uh, people don't even want to invite you. Just because you're so busy, something always comes up. So like, don't invite you. I remember there was one time I told the Nilai cell there, Nilai, I said, I will come. I want to come. I haven't come for a very long time. I will come. While I was on the way, it was jam, you know. Jam, jam. After one hour, I haven't reached Nilai. And I was just at the Labu Tol. <laughs> it was super massive jam. I said, I cannot. By the time I reached Nilai, maybe 10, you know. I'm like, what's the point, right? But I already gave my word how I feel very bad. To the point, I actually took picture. No? Just to text them. You know what? <laughs> There's really great jam. It's not that I don't want to be there. It was already close to Naya. Uh, I said, it just cannot. It's very late. I, I can't move. And my last chance, my last chance is the Labu Tol. I missed that one. Uh, bye bye. Uh, you go Nila, you turn back. And I say, 
I really can't. So I text, text them back and say, I really can't come. Like, they didn't say anything. Of course, they understand. But I actually felt, I felt very bad. I gave my word. Although I got good reasons, I chose the easy way out. Labutol. The Ainsdale one, the new one, I left it. My mistake, the jam out controller, my mistake was I gave my word too fast. I said, I will come. Like, I, I must, I will. I'll make time. You know? A bit too gung-ho. Although nothing wrong. I was actually very sincere. I want. And in this case, it's not my fault. But that's not the point. The point is that after that time onwards, do I make promises lightly? And for me, uh, I'm still not very good with this. So I'm, as I'm preaching to you, I'm not saying that I'm good. Uh. I'm saying that I still am learning my lesson. I still panic. Uh. I said, hey, last time I, I actually remember I told Pastor Ben something. I, I'm supposed to email him something. I forgot. So immediately yesterday at 12 o'clock, uh, <laughs> no, not midnight, uh, I think afternoon, I sent to Pastor Ben. Uh, I know it's late, but let me start somewhere. Uh. <laughs> Just I sent an email. And then I said, what else uh, that I promised people I didn't do? It is not so much of uh, making promises and not keeping them, you know, and uh, no. We want, are they, right now we want to check, uh, are there some things that we promise God? Are there some commitment? Are there still any commitment that we made before God? You're talking about God, uh, they've made before God that we haven't fulfilled, that we know we can. We know we can fulfill it, but somehow we are not fulfilling it. Don't know why. Don't know why we are not fulfilling it. Is there something? Early this year, I remember our church cast the vision. This year, we want to, our team is going and growing. I think, you know, is this team still in my mind? Every week, do I still remember it and try my best to live by it? But this is my promise to God. This year, I want to go. This year, I want to grow. Do I take full responsibility over my own going and growing? Do I take effort to connect with people? Take extra effort to connect with people. With their heart, I want to connect with them. Hopefully, I can connect them to God. Do I take responsibility over my own growth? Do I learn? Do I study? Do I learn? Do I obey? Do I serve better? Do I improve in certain ways? Do I intention? The word is, do I intentionally grow? So, like, because I already tell God, this year, I want to go. This year, I want to grow. I said it. Author calls are more. <laughs> author call, you know. When up, I say, yes, God, yes. For us to think, eh, I just quickly, water baptism. Any one of us who have not water baptized, please go for it. Go for water baptism. It's actually next week. Go for water baptism. Sign up for it. Okay? Mission pledge. This one, I'm guilty. Mission pledge, have we fulfilled? Bible study. Have we signed up? Bible study, there's two groups of people that fall short in this context. Those people who didn't sign, even they can. I'm not talking if they really cannot, you got your own reason, I'm fine, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm talking about the commitments that you make, you know you can and you're not fulfilling. All of us are, okay, we have certain, certain parts we are guilty rate. Those people that did not sign up and didn't, that, and, and didn't sign up and don't want to go. One group. Second group, just as bad. Those who sign up, Yes, you're right. Those who signed up didn't go. Because something came up, never mind. Then when you check, you ask them, oh, then, they, then we feel like the reason, like, can manage one, right? Two groups of people. By the way, I'm not hitting you. I'm just checking, including me. Okay, including me. I'm talk, 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 talking. I'm, I'm also at fault at, at, at certain things. Apart from Bible study, how about this? Prayer meeting. Prayer meeting, we say, God, we want to grow. We want to know more about you. We want to talk to you. We want to grow. Wednesday, I actually... Okay, the young adults, only a few here. I think coming second service. Huh? Never mind. Second service, I repeat. The young adults, I actually told them, how many of you on a Wednesday night, you are not working and you're in Seraban, raise up your hand. Quite a number of you. Then I say, okay. You know what you're, you're supposed to do? I won't say. You know, and they all know. Prayer meeting. If you're in Seremban, you're not working. Why not? I know some of you got reason. Oh, cannot because I could take care of her. Uh, okay, fine, fine. I'm not, I'm not going to get technical with you. I'm talking about if you know you can and you're not doing it, why? Don't need to answer me. Just, just talk to God about it and say, God, 
I want to believe, help me in my unbelief. Okay, God, I want to go, but help me to have the strength. I just no mood. Talk to God, be honest with Him. How about serving in the ministry? If we say, God, we want to grow, but we are not committing ourselves into a, the ministry. How about sell? How about as a church, we want to do life together? Are we committing to this? Those of us who say that we have a calling, whether it's a full-time calling or calling to a certain ministry or calling to do certain things, are we putting our words into action? Are we saying that, you know what? I've committed, I'm going to fulfill it. Now, if any of us here, we made promises to God and we are not, we didn't fulfill it yet. What I'm trying to say here is this. I'm not here to whack you, but I'm just saying here, start fulfilling the ones you already made. Don't make new promises. Don't need to say, God, you know what? I'm so convicted today. I promise. Tapaya. Just start fulfilling the one that you're promised. Don't make new ones. And then you got another one, no? Double sin, no? Triple sin. <laughs> Don't need. Just whatever that you have committed, make sure you see through. And if you really can't keep them, talk to God. Lah. Just talk to Him and say, God, you know what? Um, your word is true. Just as Joshua honor your word, I need to honor your word. I, I need to honor, but I just can't. Then talk to God. Talk to God about it. Talk to Him. This is your God. A good God, a kind God, an understanding God. Talk to this God. Work it out. With Make right with God and then move on. Make right with God, move on. Start living our life right. And the Bible says, uh, you, you, we know this way, it says that when we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. So don't leave scared of God. The next slide. Don't leave scared of God. I mean, in fear of God. Don't leave in fear. I'm not talking about don't leave in the fear of the Lord. No. Okay, don't leave in fear. Don't leave scared of God. But leave with faith in God. This is our God, our Father. And this home, this family, God love us. Go to God and say, these are areas that I fall short. Father, can you help? Talk to him. Talk to him about it. Now, if any one of us has this mentality, you know what? I get what you're trying to say. Whatever we have said to God, we have to fulfill it. Pastor Joshua, I get it. From now onwards, if that's the case, from now onwards, I don't want to commit to anything. Okay? This is another response. You know what? Since if I make promises to God, I don't go for prayer meeting, I don't sign up, I don't fulfill uh, certain things. Since I can't fulfill my commitment, I don't commit to anything. Is that the point? Is that the point here? Church, is this the point? No. Can I say to Pastor N, you know what? During wedding, uh, I promise a lot of things to you, right? Because... Uh, uh, Actually, it's here, though. It's actually here. And Pastor Ben was the one, you know, marry us. And then the, we have exchanged vow. Uh. Can I say, you know what? I promise a lot of things. I didn't say I will clean the toilet. Let's get technical. I didn't commit. I didn't say I will throw the rubbish. I didn't say, uh, I didn't commit. Do you think that is love? No. Just because I didn't promise something, and just because I didn't, I don't need to fulfill it because I didn't promise it. doesn't make it right, you know. Because overall, it's still wrong. It's not about being technical whether we say it or not. As a Christian, it comes in a package right now. For us to be Christ-like, for us to grow as a Christian, to be Christ-like, to follow our Christ, is that an option? Church, is this an option? Whoa, where's the kid that will say no? Whoa, give, the, give the kid a clap, come. Yes. <laughs> So cute, see, the innocent one. No, you got the answer right. Simple. It's not, church, it's not an option. You say, you know what, Pastor Joshua, you make a mistake. During January, you come forward and say you want to grow. I didn't go in front. Nah. I didn't. I didn't promise, so I'm free. No. Growing to be Christ-like, obeying God is not an option as a children. Not an option. You know those parents who, who always tell their children when the children naughty and their parents say, I am your father. You listen to me. Then why uh, when God our father tells us some things, uh, then we are like, no, no, I didn't say, I, I didn't, I didn't. If your kid tell you that, uh, I didn't, I didn't, what would you do? <laughs> wrong timing, bah, already, uh, wrong timing, uh, wrong timing. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying. It's not an option, church. 
Even for me, it's not an option. It's not an option to be Christ-like. It's not an option whether I want to love people or not. It's not an option. God has told, and if I want to be Christ-like, I need to do it. It's not about being fearful of making promises. It's about being faithful in keeping promises. It's not about being fearful. You are so scared to make more commitment. After this, I don't want to sign up to anything. Your church retreat, I don't want to go. Bible study, don't want to. I don't want to commit. You know why? Because so dangerous. If I commit, I don't do. God punish me. I don't want to. I don't want. No, no. It's not about being fearful of making promises. It's about being faithful in keeping those promises. Regardless of whether you say it to God or not. There are some commitments that's already made. There are some commitments that I've already made to Pastor Anne. Because I'm, we are married, I'm your husband, certain things, although I don't say that, it's already there. One. It's your role to play. Amen? Uh, see, my wife say amen. This is real. This is real. And I want to move on uh, to the... There's a next slide, right? Yes. This is just forest to ponder. How can you move your words to God into action today? Honour your words to God. Just for you to think through as we move on. My second point is this. First one, move into action our words to God. The second one, move into action our faith in God. Very quickly, this is on the larger context of conquering the land. When Joshua did all these things, it's the larger context of him conquering the land. The land. It is not so much on him keeping the promise that he made because of the, priest, uh, uh, the, 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 the agreement that he made. It's not only about that. At the larger context, at the larger context, God already commanded him, Joshua, after Moses, I'm going to use you. Joshua, you're the leader. You're going to lead these people to the land I'm going to give you. Not that you're the land you're going to conquer in your own strength. The land I'm going to give you. Go in and receive it. I'm going to give you this land. Go in and receive it. Go in and fight. Go in and take over. Go in. This is doing God's will. Joshua knew when he was fighting the kings, he was not fighting his own battle. It was not just to keep the promise that he made to the Gibeonites. He was very clear. God has commanded me to go into this land and to take. God is going to give this land to the Israelites. This land belongs to us. I'm going in to receive if it means fighting with people to pay the price, I will fight. This is a larger context. Joshua wasn't just doing his will because he made the promise. Joshua was fulfilling God's will. He was very clear. His faith is in God. If God said that he's going to give this land to me, he's going to give this land to me. I'm going to go in. Okay, the whole nation, we're going to go in and conquer this land because God has given this land to us. This is God's will. Go in. He knew God was able to. So he was actually moving his faith into action in this sense. Now, because he know that God has already promised the land to him and he got great faith, he actually took action. He acted on his faith. He believed and he knew God will give this land to them. And he took, it says, you know what? I'm going to put my faith into action. I know God can, therefore I'm going to act on it. And he marched into it. So despite of high pressure and criticism from the whole nation, he did not crumble. He says, you know what? I know I made a mistake here. I know we made a blunder as leaders of the nation. Let's still honour God. It is not just about honouring our words to the Gibeonites. It is honouring our words to God. We have already tell, told God. We have already said that we won't attack them. They are our allies. We already promised this. This is an oath made before God. He says, you know what? We have already made a mistake. Don't make another. And the leader says, you know what? Let's stand by our word. Honour them, not just our words, but honour God's name. Let's take full responsibility of our faith and make our faith commitment. Now, if I ask myself this question, or even for, for all of us, do we believe in God? We will say yes. But I'm not talking about do we believe that God exists? Do we believe that God is real and personal? No. Do we believe in the person of God? Do we believe in who He is? Do we believe that God is God, that He's powerful, He's all-loving, He's all-knowing? Do we believe that God is who He says He is? If we really believe in this person of God, if we believe God is God, do you believe that when you stand up and show up for God, God will stand up and show up for you? This is real. The decisions that we make in life, we are carrying God's names as Christian. Do we believe that when we choose to stand by our faith and we are ready 
to pay the price or even get burned? Do we trust that when we honour God, God will honour us in the way that we do business, in the way that we, we go about our jobs, our career, in the way that we treat people, in our family, our relatives, our friends, all sorts of uh, relationships, especially those uh, BGR, okay, marriage relationship, boy-girl relationship. We will honour God in those things. Our choice of entertainment, our choice of lifestyle, in the way that we treat our children and raise up children in the ways of God. In all these things, do we believe? If we say that, yes, I believe God, it should reflect in everything that we do. Especially children. Sometimes we compromise. You know what? Exam coming. Tuition. Then we give priority. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying it is important. But somehow, academics, excellent takes priority over spiritual growth. Why? We say, God, you know what? I commit my son and my daughter to you. Raise them up as people who know you, who love you, who will follow you. But when exam comes, when other things crop into our life, we say, hold on. Don't commit. Don't go to these things, that thing. Cancel, cancel. You know what? Exam coming. Do this one first. Every single time. Every single time. And then you wonder when the, the teen grow up to be a youth, huh? why so rebellious when, Pastor, what have you been teaching them? Wow. Hey, do you know someone actually told me that before? Pastor, what are you teaching my son? Huh? I actually told him, you know, you're the father, what have you been teaching him? <laughs> of course, he meant it as a joke, but... This is real. And not just... How do we, we always, I give the example of raising our children. Now, how about us? How do we raise ourselves in God? How do we grow? Do we commit to, to this? Do we put our faith in God in action? And some people, if you say, Pastor, we live in the real world. You work in church. We live in the real world. You don't know the pressure. I know, I I work outside before. I know the politics. I know sometimes on Sunday they ask us to work and we got no choice. I know my boss gave me that. He said, you cannot choose not work on Sunday. Everyone has to work. Who are you to be above them not to work on Sunday? I know. I face the pressure. I try to negotiate. You know what? I will work extra OT Sunday. I, Sunday morning, just give me that few hours. I'll go to I'll go Sunday service, then I come back. My boss actually asked her, why do you need, why your God uh, need you to go to see him every Sunday, then only he bless you? Uh? I say, no, going back to church is who I am. It's family. You go back to your home every day, right? I just told my boss, you go back to your home every day, right? Church is my home. It may not be yours, but it's mine. I go to church because it's who I am. And church is home. This is home. That's why I, my Sunday is sacred. I want to go home. Can you let me go home? <laughs> it's not just I want to go to church. I want to go home. And I made that stand. Sometimes my boss says, okay, when it's not urgent, when there's someone to replace you, okay. But when sometimes no choice, we have got exhibition, we have to go out, and I cannot negotiate, no, fine. God won't fault me because I've tried my best. At least uh, I made my stand. I made my stand and I put my effort into it. Joshua did his best. He could not destroy every single one. And he said, no, God, I still want to fulfill it. I still want to do it. Can you help? And Joshua prayed the impossible, ridiculous prayer. Hey, the Bible says uh, he made that prayer in the presence of Israel. Well, this is something I did not do. Pastor Ben did this once. Well, I did not, you know. I remember BCM was like raining. Do you remember the BCM day? Well, I did not make this. <laughs> it was BCM day and was, you see the sky was dark. Confirm in your mind, uh, Confirm rain. Confirm. Pastor Ben just made a simple prayer. He just said, I can't remember what he said, but he said he made a simple prayer. Just simple. He didn't like, oh, shikalaba. No, just simple. He just prayed that God, that this is your day. You have made this day. Okay? This is the day that you have made. This is a BCM day and we want to have a, a, a fun time. So, Pastor Ben just simply commit. I commit this day, in your day, into your hands. Just pray you hold the rain. The rain really stopped not only stop, you know, everyone that's on the way to BCM, uh, you look at the car all wet one. The car wet, they say, uh, outside was raining he heavily. 
as they are nearing, as they are nearing BCM, the rain stopped. I'm like, that kind of faith, uh, I, in, you know what? In my own closet, uh, can, uh, I can pray kao kao, uh, because why? No price to pay one. Very cheap one. My, my prayer is quite cheap one. We forgot, no? Talk, 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 no one's here, ma. If I don't value God the way, like, eh? Talk very cheap one, no one knows. In front of people, eh? And when we come back to this story, Joshua says, in front of the presence of the whole nation, God, I want to honor your name. I want to fulfill my wow. Can you help? I have done my best. And now that my strength failed me, can you lend me your strength? Sun, stop. Moon, stop. They really stop all. When you stand up and show up for God, God will stand up and show up for you. You just need to do it. And if you ask me, Pastor, I've been showing up for God many times. Many times. When Joshua made this promise, did he need to fight? Did he, look at the Bible. Did Joshua need to fight? Did he need to sweat? Did he need to bleed? Did he need to pray the price? Yes. Joshua need to do all those things. And then God showed up. And sometimes as Christians, we need to be a bit tougher. Lah. Don't be too lumbar enough. God, I try once. I try second time. I try third time. God, you didn't show up. I quit. Sometimes I feel pushed some more. Sometimes it takes years. It takes years. Hard work. God will always honor hard work. And I want to close with this. Uh, the next slide and then I'll close. Yeah, honor your faith. The next slide. The third point, I just want to close because it's nothing much to say. God will move into action. The first point, move into action our words to God. Our faith in God, in who He is, in God's will for us, God's plan for us. Our identity as a Christian, move our faith into action. The third one is this. Once we have fulfilled that too, be very sure God will move into action for you. And let me read for, uh, 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 these words. Now, over here, we are very, we know uh, this popular verse. Okay, this Deuteronomy, just, just leave it there. There's a popular, this be strong and courageous. Everyone know this? It's in Joshua chapter 1, right? Joshua chapter 1, we always quote, be strong and courageous, be like Joshua. Yeah! No, Joshua wasn't strong. Before Joshua 1, there's Deuteronomy 31. You see here. Now, as I read, count with me, uh, how many times God had to say this? You see, uh, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous. For you must go with these people into the land that the Lord sworn to their ancestors to give them and you must divide it among them as inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Verse 23. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous for I, for you will bring the Israelites into the land. I promise them on oath and I myself will be with you. How many times? And then, the next slide. In Joshua, continue some more, no? I don't even feel like reading you're tired. Huh? How many times God have to use different channels again and again to tell? Uh, yeah, the first one is Moses to Joshua. This part is God to Joshua personally. He repeat again, be strong and courageous. Don't worry because I'll be with you. Be strong and courageous. Don't worry again because I'll be with you. Until worse now, you look at worse now, even God feel tired or no? Look at this. Even God feel tired. Verse 9, what did He say? Have I not commanded you? Hey, how many times I say, Be strong and courageous, I'll be with you. 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 Have I not commanded you? God's okay, tired. Not only God tired, huh? the next slide. Even the Israelites, they know how to quote this to Him. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as He was with Moses and so on and so forth. And then over here He says, only be strong and courageous. 
even the Israelites have to quote this to Joshua like, for goodness sake, how many times? Joshua, just be strong to honour God and God will honour you. Did not God tell you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, but do not be terrified, for I will be with you. So many times, until the Israelites know how to quote this and say, Joshua, be strong and courageous, like for goodness sake. God is assuring us and actually last night I was counting this uh, I was doing this Sunday I was reading this my sermon again and I say how many times did God say to Joshua I actually counted no, how many just, just, just for the fun seven times seven times God had to tell Joshua be strong and courageous and for us seven times is the perfect number the perfect affirmation God knew He had told Mo- Moses to tell him He personally tell him He's going to tell the people to tell him, to affirm him. Every time to say this. And I think this is true to all of us. God perhaps is telling us today, church, move into action. Move into action. As you honour me with your words, you honour me in your job, you honour me with your life, your decision. As you honour me, I will honour you. You will need to pay the price. Feel the fire. I will honour you. We need to get serious with our, our Christian life and say, you know what God, I'm going to commit myself to you and I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. Wholehearted commitment to fulfil God's will for you and fulfil your words to God. Whatever that we have promised God, start fulfilling it now. Simply because it's this. If we delay today, we will delay tomorrow. If we start today, there's a greater motivation to continue tomorrow. That's just it. Start small, start now, start moving our words and faith into action and just trust that God will honour us. And I just want to encourage you in Joshua chapter 10, verse 14, and this is for all of you. There's never been like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a human being because His words carry weight. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. When you fight for God, surely the Lord will fight for you. Amen? Let us stand. Let us stand. As we sing this last song, we want to just commit ourselves to God. You know what? Let's not make any promises and just simply say, Lord, I want to grow. I want to make this commitment. Just tell God what you desire and ask God to fulfill those things. Hallelujah.